Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Explaining All the Things. I am your host, Jamie Wilson, joined always by my co-host. Hey, everyone. That's Miles Mancini. And we have a very extra special guest today, and his name is Dr. Glenn Whitehouse. Hello. And you may be wondering why we're having this special episode, and it's we're coming to you live from Seidler Hall, up in the conference room, to talk about pages and badges. And uh, I have a funny story to share, and uh, Dr. Whitehouse doesn't know I'm sharing this story, but do you remember when you first met Miles and myself? Do you remember, like, what class it was? It was probably in philosophy communication. It was philosophy and communication. We were yeah. wondering if you remembered. So I don't think our listeners know, but uh, Miles and I both graduated from FGCU, and Dr. Whitehouse was one of our teachers. And I'm pretty sure that that was the class that Miles told me he was going to ask his now wife that he was going to uh, ask her to marry him. Yes, I believe. Did you see the engagement ring? That's what we were talking about before. Yeah, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's big enough. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> but I remember vividly there was a book in that class that inspired me to uh, propose to my wife. Does Dr. Whitehouse remember that book from that class? It would have been I and thou. That, that is it. With Boober. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So here's what I remember. About that. <laughs> this this might have been from the class before, but it was uh, it was I think when you were first uh, interested in your wife, in your now wife, and you came to me and said, "Dr. Whitehouse, are we doing group work uh, this week?" And I'm like, "Oh, you you must this person must really enjoy group work." And then I said, "I I don't know. I wouldn't plan on it. Why do you ask?" Because well, there's this girl in my group that I'd really like to ask on a date. <laughs> and, so, and I can only do it if we have group work. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't have it in my lesson plan, but I put it in for you. Wow. So you're saying you're That's the awesome. reason. That's no. awesome. And now you know why there's group work in every single one of my classes. Yeah. And so we want to, everyone to meet their future mate. Uh, so we're actually here to talk about something a little different uh, because we have the opportunity, um, Mancini and I have the opportunity to um, really integrate some really cool stuff into our class. We're going to be doing it in this semester, um, but Dr. Whitehouse has um, the reasons behind that, the data behind it, and we're talking about uh, pages and badges. Take it away, Whitehouse. What do you want to talk about first? Well, first of all, I want to talk, what, what is pages? What does it stand for? Yeah, so sure. Pages is a career program that is built especially for liberal arts students here at FGCU. So that's anybody who's in the humanities or social sciences fields. It is an acronym, but we don't, to be honest, we don't really need to use the acronym anymore. It's really just pages, like pages of a book now. Mm -hmm. And so what is your role inside pages and badges? So I'm called the director of core skills. So it basically means that I am the director of, of those two programs. So, yeah. And uh, so when you develop pages, badges, what's the end goal? What do, what do students use these pages and badges for? Like, wh why do we care about it? Yeah, well, let me start with the pages part. So okay. I think um, the reason we have pages, again, which is a, um, a career program for people who are majoring in things like English or philosophy or history. And, you know, a lot of times when you tell somebody I'm majoring in history, um, you're going to get the question, what are you going to do with that? And because, you know, there's kind of an assumption, like, just people don't know, right? They'll right. say, well, maybe you're going to be a teacher or beyond that, maybe they just don't know. And I, 
we kind of built this program to answer that question, you know, and, and I think, um, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell a little story about this. So when mm-hmm. I, I majored in philosophy when I was in college, and that's one of those, you know, what are you gonna do with that majors? And, you know, people make jokes about, you know, whatever, you're gonna be a barista, and some, some, you know, something like that. And like, I remember there used to be this uh, T-shirt that uh, the engineering students had at, at, at one of the colleges, and it said, you know, top 10 reasons for being an engineer, and one of them was I flunked the philosophy entrance <laughs> exam, ha ha, right? So, my father was actually an engineer, and um, he one summer I worked for uh, like a research firm that he was affiliated with at his university. It was like a like a subcontractor that did research, and I went in there to work one summer, and I was literally myself and the receptionist were the only people who weren't enge- were the, who were not engineers in the like in the entire business in the entire building. And I think when I first came in, like when I first came in, my name was Gary's son because because they all knew my dad. But they didn't know what to do with me, right? Right. Uh, like I was, you know, this this kid is in college for philosophy. What the heck was I going to do? And I was actually on the verge of quitting because I didn't want to be like, you know, like why am I there, right? Um, but then the um, the boss came in and said, uh, "We've got this report that we have to write for some of the public government contracts that we get, and for uh, you know, talking about uh, what the institute does for the university." Nobody here wants to write the report because we're all engineers. You know, it's all like, you know, it's words, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, reports, reports are words, mm-hmm. right? So uh, maybe you could do something with this. And so that's what I did. That, that was actually my summer. Like I went in, I learned about everything that the um, univer- that this institution did. I interviewed ev- I interviewed everybody in the, in, in the institute. I took notes. I went uh, to different departments of the university. I learned how to do an economic impact uh, estimation of what the research they did there. I looked into all the grants and contracts. And uh, that you know, producing this report was my uh, was my thing. And again, I, di- I didn't know I wasn't an engineer. I didn't know how to do any of the things that they did. But by that time, I had written so many research reports. Like I, you know, I'd written so many term papers. Right? I knew how to write. I knew how to do research. I knew how to talk to people. And you know, at the end of that summer, I gave the boss the report. I went back to college. And I went on my way. And um, a little bit later that f- next fall, I was actually with my father at a football game of the college that he taught at. And the director happened to be sitting behind us, right? And um, we turned around and said hello, and he was with his wife, and he said, oh, uh, this is Gary Whitehouse, my dad. His son wrote that report I told you about, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, um, so I went from sort of being like nobody mm-hmm. to being somebody who actually produced something valuable for that company, even though it was a technology company. And it, was be- it wasn't because I knew any, any engineering. It was because I knew uh, these skills like writing, because uh, I knew these skills like research, it wasn't that they were looking for a philosopher. They were looking for somebody who had these core skills that are very valuable, but maybe which the training of the pe- of most of the people in that um, organization maybe didn't didn't prepare for them for as well. They weren't as comfortable with it as I was. Yeah. So. What I didn't realize at the time is that that kind of story sort of became the template for my entire career. You know, I came in, I you know, went to graduate school, I studied philosophy, I came in here, I taught philosophy. Uh, but, you know, again, because I could do some of those things like, um, you know, write a report or do a white paper or, you know, uh, make, you know, analyze something in a meeting, I eventually came to get tapped for administrative jobs, right? Again, um, not because they're looking for somebody who knows Kant or Descartes, right, <laughs> or Plato, uh, to, to do these administrative posts, but they're looking for people who can break something down analytically. Yes. They're looking for people who can argue for something and be persuasive about it. And those are absolutely skills that philosophy yeah. teaches. So uh, one of the big, I guess, my big motivations for uh, sort of creating this Pages program, along with uh, some colleagues, was that... Um, 
those it was really conviction that those people who are who are studying things like history or philosophy or English it, it, um, are actually very very good candidates for a lot of jobs that don't have the words history philosophy or English in them. Right. right? Uh, it's because. Uh, people who study those things get an extra special education in things like critical thinking yeah. and writing and uh, teamwork and uh, research and critical reading that they are very good candidates for a lot of, you know, even jobs and businesses like management or marketing, which are very, very heavily language-based, mm -hmm. are actually excellent jobs for somebody who's in a major like English or history. And there's a lot of people with those majors in those jobs, although, you know, you don't people don't necessarily uh, notice that. So part of the idea was to um, build a career program where we sort of make students aware of all the different, um, you know, an English major can do about 30 different things. They're usually only aware of three of them. Right. So the purpose of pages is to teach them about the other 27 and help them understand that there's their skills that get them there. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me, I, a few years back, you came into one of my communication classes mm -hmm. and we were talking about um, philosophy and, and studying the, uh, as a philosophy major, all the, what you just detailed in your account. Um, so it sounds to me like pages is an answer to that question that so many parents have and students that, okay, what are you going to do with that? Right. So right. What, what you're studying philosophy or you're studying English or you're studying, what do you do with that? So it sounds like that's what this is. The pages program helps to help students see what they can do with it. Yeah, no, that, that's true. And, 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 you know, the short answer to that question, what are you going to do with that? For most of the people who are in those humanities or social science fields is that some of them will go into work that is direct, has directly to do with the subject matter of their field. So that would be like, for instance, teaching, you know, you might, major in political science and go teach social studies. Or it might be some other things that tie very, very closely with the discipline. Like you might major in anthropology and then go to work in a museum right, mm -hmm. as a curator. Those are sort of discipline-specific uh, fields. The other big cluster, which is even more jobs uh, on average, would be things like you might think of as being like business or organizational functions, like being in sales or marketing or corporate communications or human resources or public relations, all those things that build very fundamentally on those core skills, like the critical thinking and the communication, are also very good jobs uh, for people with those majors. So that's the second big category, kind of business or organizational functions. And then the third category would be people who are uh, using those foundational skills to go on into something that requires professional school, like law school or you know, clergy or an MBA or something like that, which again, uh, it's a very, very viable path to go from something like uh, you know, history or sociology or English or whatever to go into those kinds of professional schools. So those are kind of the three main things that people with those fields go into across the, the employment spectrum. I wish this was around. Um, I graduated from HUC with a communication bachelor's, and you have, Miles, a communication and history, right? You double majored. And so um, I think the same thing is my husband will always joke like, you should order the pizza because you're good at communicating. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not really what it is. And um, I was able to kind of sell myself to other careers. Um, and, I, and I think that's really at the heart of what we're talking about is how can students sell themselves to potential employers, right? How can they use the skills that they're gaining inside our classes to put on a resume? And how can they set themselves up part um, when they're going into those job uh, interviews for someone who may have a very different degree than them. Yeah, well, again, I, I what I always tell students, um, the real trick is to think of yourself as a bundle of skills. Uh, and this is really true for every student, by the way. Most people will not get a job that has the name of their major in the job title. Some people will, great. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of, most people won't. Most people will be 
utilizing less the content and more the skills and flipping that uh, flipping that mindset from thinking about your of yourself as being sort of an expert in the content matter to think of yourself as being someone who picks up a certain cluster of skills by studying that in a lot of ways is the key to really understanding what you can do professionally. And if you think of yourself again as a bundle of skills, and then you, you, know, you say you walk into the career fair and you think uh, about the, those jobs as well, like think about what skills uh, are required by the jobs that, are, that you're encountering at that job fair, think about what your own skills are, and then if you've got a, I don't know, a 70% match, apply for the job. Right, yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's really the, that's really the key, and, and I think, some people just get very, very stuck on a name and think that, well, you know, because we have a major, you know, because we have a major called management, it must be that every management job is occupied by somebody who majored Manage- in management. Manage- that is not true. Mm-hmm. That's not true at all. There's plenty of people who majored in English or history or, or you know, sociology or psychology who have those same kind of jobs. We live among you and are indistinguishable from you just like Canadians. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, if you take any of those kinds of jobs, you, I guarantee you'll be uh, working among people who major in a liberal arts field, yeah. and, and likely is you will never know the difference. So how do students uh, and listeners, uh, how do they get involved at the FGCU Pages program? Is there a place to sign up? Is it free? Yeah, so there's uh, really a couple different points of entry. Um, one of them is... Um, some award programs that we have, and uh, the most uh, uh, sort of you know, the main one of those is a internship award. There's, so there's a, a number of majors that require an internship. There's several others for which an internship is an elective option. We really like to encourage students to take internships because it's a really powerful uh, way to you know try out a job yeah. or even, even get a job offer. In many cases, some of them are still uncompensated though. So we offer a through the generosity of the Seidler family. We're in their building right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, Seidlers. <laughs> um, they're not here, but since this, this is their building, I kind of feel like we can act like they are. Um, through the generosity of, of their donation, we're able to offer some uh, uncompensated internship awards for people who are in the field, who are taking the majors that we serve. So it has to be somebody in humanities or social science major. They have to be doing an unpaid internship for credit. Uh, and uh, then they can apply, and we, mm-hmm. we have that. So that's the, that's the one that we do. Um, the other thing we do is we work with faculty to embed career-relevant programs right into regular classes. So in a way, uh, you don't have to do anything to be involved in pages. Uh, you have to take one of the classes that we're in. You know, So every semester, we work with a group of faculty and embed career-relevant programming right into the classroom uh, so that the students themselves are getting it as an element or as a component of that class that they're taking. And Miles and I just happen to be part of that cohort, right? Yeah, um, and actually this is somewhat of a, I'm going to give, I guess, a question that uh, has a bit of a personal connection here uh, for me. So we've talked a little bit about pages, and I want to know more about the badges aspect mm-hmm. of things yeah. because I know that students can, uh, you know, go out for these badges and do a number of things to acquire them. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah. yeah. So one of the main things that Pages is involved in doing, and the other half of my job. Uh, revolves around a badging program for transferable skills. So let's break that down a little bit. When we mean transferable skills, we're talking about these core skills like the critical thinking, like the communication, like uh, teamwork, all these skills that are not specific to one subject matter and are not specific to one job. That's what we mean by transferable. If you are good at communicating, you can do that in a zillion different jobs, right. and you can also practice it in many, many different courses. So that, that's what we, that's the transferable part. And so we offer a set, uh, FGCU offers a set of badges in those transferable skills. And the way that you get them is not by taking an extra course or anything like that. 
you take it by documenting um, the skill development experiences that you've had in courses that you're already taking, or in some cases from uh, student activities that you're doing. So let's take, for instance, an oral communication badge. If I'm taking that badge, you know, maybe I have a, a class where I have to do a presentation, I have to give a speech, right? So that that could be an artifact, right? Maybe um, I am doing a class where I'm, I'm doing my science research in a poster presentation, you know, at that uh, uh, Eagle X or mm -hmm. something like that, where I have to talk to people. That could be that could be an artifact. Um, maybe I'm. Um, uh, but maybe I'm even doing some things uh, co-curricular. Maybe I'm in a forensics competition debate or something. I can do that. Maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm an admissions tour guide and I talk to people all day. Right? That could be an artifact. So the idea is that students uh, take these artifacts that show their development in that skill. They document them, and there's a little reflective piece where uh, you have to write the connection between what you did and the skill. And then uh, once that portfolio is uh, certified, then you go on to an interview, and in the interview, we ask people like, like situational interview questions, like tell me about a time you used teamwork to solve a problem, which are some of the most common interview questions yeah. that there are. And then the idea is that if you've already done this portfolio, you, you should then have a set of fantastic examples that you can use in an interview, and in order to be give, give a, a specific and unique and compelling interview answer instead of a vague and wishy-washy one, is you become a much better interviewer. Uh, that is the badge process, and and it's kind of designed to. Um, again, I want to emphasize it's not an extra. It's not extra content. It's it's there to surface things right. you already know. It's all it's the things that you're you're you may be doing in a class that yeah. you can use as as one of the artifacts uh, that you're that you're trying to get the badge for. Is what, what yeah, is. no, that's absolutely right. And we think of those badges as making visible things that are already happening. Like 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 the reason we do them right is because. Um, Skills are a little bit invisible in your transcript because they're not the name of a course. Right. You know, like the name of the course is Intro to Lit. The name of the course is uh, Composition. The name of the course is um, Psych 101, right? But you're picking up these skills as well, and, and uh, you can be picking up fantastic critical thinking skills by taking many, many different courses, but none of them are called critical thinking. So they're, they're, in part, the reason for the badge is to make visible some of these skills because they're not necessarily visible directly in the transcript. And so it's easy to sort of forget that you have them, if that yeah. makes sense, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and, and as far as making visible, because I, th I think I think this is great. This is something that, as I was saying, I have a personal investment here that I, I, I have a student here at FGCU that is related to me. Uh, <laughs> and I was actually telling this student about uh, about the badging and and why it's important to 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 use some of the experiences that they're already going through, um, because I was hearing all of these awesome experiences from some of the service stuff that they're doing, but also the course work that they're doing I'm like this sounds like perfect stuff for your badging and to build up your resume when you talk about visibility and I think we had this conversation the other day in our meeting um, there's an actual tangible thing to that right I mean in terms of when uh, employers are looking for yeah. uh, future employees no that's right so what hap what comes out the other end of this is it is it a, it is a digital badge and what that means is it's a badge that you can place onto your LinkedIn profile you can place it in the various job sites like indeed or the other ones that people use and the the reason that's significant is that when employers go out to look for people, when they go out to search for people online, candidates for a job, what they very often do is just put the job ad into a search engine and they look for people who have that somewhere on their profile. So if you have a skill that's in their job description uh, on your own profile, you become more findable. 
you know, yes. and there's been studies that show you like, yeah, I think somebody with a digital credential is six times more likely to be found than somebody who doesn't. So, so that's one of the big attractions of it. And then the other thing is it just kind of signals that you have this skill and, you know, Again, I mean, it's um, you've all seen the you've seen obviously you've seen the Wizard of Oz, right? Yes, so, like, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I kind of think of the transferable skill badges as like Wizard of Oz badges because you know that like the Scarecrow is never not wise, right? He we know that he's wise all throughout the story. He's showing it, but he doesn't know himself because nobody's told him. Right? Like he's no, nobody's made it visible until the part at the end where the wizard gives him the uh, certificate of uh, his diploma in thinkology, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and all of a sudden he now now that he has this token, uh, this thing that he always had already and had been developing is now something that he can kind of un, uh, is right, it's visible to others mm-hmm. and also to himself. And he becomes a lot more confident in it. And that is really, I think, the idea behind the badge is we're, we're not trying to um, add something to the curriculum or tell you it, or teach you something you're not already getting in your classes. It's more about making these things visible, again, both right. both to employers and to yourself, frankly, uh, to help you understand that you actually did gain this skill in college. Yeah, and it's kind of just like a bang for your buck, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're already doing the work. Uh, so we talked about uh, who can apply to pages. So tell us what students can get a digital badge. So anybody can get a digital badge. Perfect. Um, so there's, um, if you go uh, to the FGC website, if you look up FGC digital badges, uh, you'll see in there that there are th- uh, basically three categories of badges that we offer at FGC. So one of them are the transferable skill badges that I've just been talking about. That's this portfolio plus interview model based on a set of core skills like critical thinking, like teamwork, like writing. So, um, and there's 10 of those. The other type of badge is um, what we call an industry-specific badge, and that badge is uh, one that is designed to kind of uh, help you build a bridge between your college studies and a particular job. So, like every every major is specific, every major is general, and every job is specific, right? Like you don't, right. you know, there's not a major for every job out there, and there sh- and there shouldn't be, by the way. You want to be flexible, right? Right. Um, so, part of the purpose of the badge is to sort of provide a like. Um, you know, like when you talk about shipping, like there's the long haul and then there's the last mile, you know, like a, tr- a train takes the product to a distribution hub and then a delivery truck takes it the last mile. You can think of the industry specific badge as the last mile, right? So it's, that's the one that's going to take you from this college uh, experience, uh, this college education you got, which is extremely valuable, but a little bit general to uh, a very specific type of job. And so we have a series of different um, experiences that are focused around different industries and built alongside, uh, built with different industry partners that help people kind of get a taste of and an introduction to that field. So like uh, one of them is we have a medical device industry badge that was developed in um, partnership with the Arthrex company, which is a a very prominent local company that makes uh, like surgery supplies. And again, the purpose of that is to give people that introduction to really to that field, no matter what they majored in. They can major right. in a bunch of different things. Uh, it doesn't have to be like a, a, a even, a, it doesn't have to even be a STEM field. Arthrex hires all kinds of people. Um, but it gives you sort of an introduction to that field so that you know enough about it to know if you're interested and then you also have sort of a, uh, enough insight to be able to be a plausible candidate for that. So that's, that's really the industry specific badges is to give those people those bridge experiences. And then the third category is not really for current students. It's more for uh, uh, alumni and for community members of, of kind of reskilling and upskilling mm-hmm. for people who are already in the workplace. Just recognizing that um, the workplace is changing so much, and uh, 
people's careers also change a lot. Uh, one of the things I think it's important for you to know as college students, <laughs> those of you who are listening, um, <laughs> Is that you're not like you're going to have to do some training throughout your entire career. You're yeah. going to have to. Sort you're not of, done. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. not done. You're going to have to re up and learn new stuff all the way through your career. And so, so that that third category is really really for people who are doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we we're integrating that in this course. So when listeners will um, be kind of paying attention as as things get added on um, for the badging, um, it, this really is like you were saying. Um, you're doing it anyways, right? And and you might as well get. Some some get some something out of it along with a grade uh do you think that um students i'm I'm trying to think about the the normal gen ed student who's a freshman who is a sophomore um do you think there's um advantage of starting it now versus like when they're a senior looking for a job um i think there's some advantage to starting it now Mm -hmm. i mean i you know i think that um a lot of the a lot of the core transferable skills are things that are actually covered very well in gen ed courses, right? And, and you know, one of the main purposes of gen ed is to, uh, te- is to give you a grounding in core skills. That's actually one of the main reasons we have general education, right? right? It's not just to introduce you to different subject matters, right? right? I like, like, I, I, like I, I sometimes get mad when people say that Gen Ed is there to make you a well-rounded person because that sort of connotes that you're, it sort of gives this image like, oh, well, you're just supposed to know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's not really the purpose. Of it, I mean, it's general knowledge just counts for something. But the real purpose of Gen Ed, I think, in part is to give you a set of very, very powerful skills that you can carry with you no matter what you do in life, no matter what your, your major is afterwards or no matter what your eventual line of work is afterwards. I mean, if you can write, you can work. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I cannot emphasize that yeah. enough. And if, if you, you can speak. If you can speak well, yep. you can work, right? I mean, these skills might seem like basic in general, but they are extremely powerful in the working world. And again, one of the purposes of gen ed, one of the purposes of electives is to help ground you in those skills. Even if your major is something very technical and specific, it's really important to have these general skills along with it. And that, that's the reason why, it's one of the main reasons, uh, it's one of the main reasons you have to take courses that aren't just in your major. Right. right. Those things are there to give you skills that are so relevant i mean like i've worked most of my life as an administrator i majored in philosophy i cannot tell you how useful my philosophy degree i i i would say it's the best of course i don't have an experience i've never majored in anything else so i can't give the experience <laughs> for me it's the best education to be an administrator that i could possibly have imagined because it you know it's so much about problem solving and our and persuading and so forth yeah similarly um as Professor Wilson said earlier, uh, I studied communication. Well, we mm-hmm. both did. And that's probably one of the main reasons that, you know, I work effectively in a musical environment. I'm also a musician. And a lot of the experiences I've had working as a praise and worship leader at a church, for example, yes, a lot of it has to do with my musical knowledge, but so much more of it has to do with how well I can communicate with others and connect to others, um, listen to others, you know, the importance of listening. And those are skills that you don't, you know, necessarily know from your specific, you know, your job specific uh, major. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we are just almost out of time, but is there anything else you want us to remind students, uh, anything that you want to just make sure that they know as a takeaway? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess my takeaway would be this, right? I, I guess um, 
one of the things I like to emphasize, and you know, I talk to people who major on cons, you know, I, I have this uh, career program that serves a subset of students, and then the badging serves all the students. But I really like to make sure that students understand, first of all, that your whole education is meaningful. Again, not just the courses in your major, but the general education is there to help you learn things that you, you may not realize and now are going to be extremely valuable in the working world. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is, no matter what you are majoring in, there are a range of very good jobs out there for you, right? Don't, um, you know, I think a lot of people, somebody who's interested in majoring in something like English or history, philosophy, English, right? People ask, what are you going to do with that? And it's this unintentional, subtle, but very effective form of psychological warfare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're get if you're that person and you're getting that question, I want to assure you there are absolutely people who want your skills. There are absolutely employers who are interested in what you can do. They may not be interested in English literature, but they are definitely interested in somebody who can write and, and speak persuasively, which is the other thing that you're going to get along with that education. So please, um, you know, please uh, go boldly into your major, no matter what it is. If 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 you uh, if you are passionate about something, that itself is a transferable skill, right? Uh, you can take that passion that you have for whatever it is you're doing now and turn it into passion for something else after you get out into the working world. So please. Um, please, none of you think your majors are irrelevant because they certainly aren't. I think that's a great plug to share this podcast maybe with your parents <laughs> who may ask, like, what in the world are you going to do with that theater degree, right? Um, so really think about uh, how this um, holistically works in the course of what you're learning now um, in our class, but also um, as a, just a general learner um, as you set forth to pick a major and to graduate and to find a job. Um, we really appreciate you, Dr. Whitehouse, for sitting down with us in the Seidler Hall talking about pages and badges. And I would just like to say, just from the audio standpoint, um, if if you're listening to this, you know, we did 1960s television last <laughs> unit, and uh, along the television theme in the 1970s, there was a pretty landmark TV show called All in the Family, uh, which was known for, among other things, uh, having the sound of a flushing toilet in the background. And so if anyone's noticing that noise... This re- yeah, this is right. We are right next to the bathroom. <laughs> we are right next to the bathroom. So, you know, a couple of flushes here and there. I never even heard it. <laughs> oh, we have we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of, like, official meetings in here, and, and, and we're always hearing somebody fall. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Super oh, professional. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you.